This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves there's more than one way to make history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at the story of one of England's most notorious turncoats, a scornful radio broadcaster who taunted the British public all through World War II. The day was January 3rd, 1946. William Joyce, better known to the British as Lord Haw Haw, was put to death for betraying his country on behalf of Nazi Germany. For six years, beginning in 1939, Joyce broadcasted anti-British propaganda over the radio. He was quickly given the nickname Lord Haw Haw by the British press because of his cosmopolitan accent and his smug, sneering voice. He began each nightly bulletin by announcing, Germany calling, Germany calling, and then he would give a roundup of the latest war news, or at least the stories that were flattering to Germany. The show's menacing, mocking tone was meant to chip away at British morale, as were its frequent suggestions that the British should just give up and surrender. During the war, Joyce broadcast from behind German lines, careful to spit his venom only from a safe distance. However, when the Nazi regime finally fell, Lord Haw Haw had nowhere left to hide. William Joyce was executed for high treason against the British crown, but his nationality was a little more complicated than that suggests. He was actually an American, born in Brooklyn, New York in 1906. His parents were both from Ireland, and his father had become a naturalized U.S. citizen ten years earlier. The family moved back to Galway, Ireland, when Joyce was three years old. He grew up there and then moved to England when he was just 14. There, he lied about his age and wound up being recruited as a courier for the British Army during the Irish War for Independence. When it was discovered that he was underage, Joyce was dismissed from service, but decided to remain in London. He enrolled in Birkbeck College, and it was during his studies that he first began to flirt with the idea of fascism. One day, Joyce attended a meeting for a Conservative Party candidate, and a fight broke out in the crowd. Joyce was slashed with a razor along the right side of his face, and the attack left him with a deep scar that ran all the way from his earlobe to the corner of his mouth. He described his attackers as Jewish communists, and later used the event as justification for joining the fascist movement. In 1932, Joyce made his support official by joining the British Union of Fascists, a political party founded that same year. Joyce quickly climbed the ranks of the group and became its director of propaganda in 1934. He had a way with words, but as time went on, his rhetoric became more and more aggressive and overtly anti-Semitic. In late August of 1939, just before the official start of World War II, Joyce and his wife Margaret traveled to Germany on British passports. Joyce had obtained his passport one year earlier by pretending to be a British subject when he was, in fact, an American citizen. Once the war had officially begun, 
Joyce renounced his phony British citizenship and became a German citizen instead. He then traveled to Berlin, where he joined the Reich Ministry of Propaganda and began hosting his radio show, Germany Calling. The head of the ministry, Joseph Goebbels, selected Joyce largely because he was a foreign fascist. It was hoped that Joyce's clipped British accent would make Nazi propaganda more compelling and palatable to listeners in allied countries. At first, Joyce's broadcasts were simply aimed at sowing division among the British populace, and for that he stuck close to the fascist playbook, pitting the classes against each other, undermining trust in the government, and scapegoating minorities. British citizens were discouraged from listening to the German broadcast, but many did so anyway. In fact, the show drew an estimated 6 million regular listeners and 18 million occasional listeners throughout the United Kingdom. Some people thought Joyce's fiery rhetoric was a lively counterpoint to the somber broadcasts of the BBC. Others wanted to hear an uncensored report on German victories and were willing to put up with Lord Haw Haw to get it. However, as the war went on, Joyce's propaganda turned increasingly caustic. By May of 1940, he was threatening British citizens with invasion and urging them to switch sides before it was too late. The broadcasts lost their appeal from that point on, and most citizens began to view them as a genuine threat to the country. Of course, Lord Haw Haw didn't care what the British public thought of him. He continued broadcasting throughout the war moving from one German town to another to avoid Allied bombing raids. Then, at last, on the evening of April 30th, 1945, Lord Haw Haw recorded his final broadcast. The show came in the final days of the Battle of Berlin, just a few hours before Adolf Hitler shot himself in his bunker. As you might expect, the final broadcast wasn't Joyce's best work given the circumstances. He was noticeably drunk, and his tirades were far more rambling and incoherent than usual. This evening, I am talking to you about Germany. That is a concept that many of you may have failed to understand. Let me tell you that in Germany, there still remains the spirit of unity and the spirit of strength. Let me tell you that here we have a united people who are modest in their wishes. They are not imperialists. They don't want to take what doesn't belong to them. All they want is to live their own simple lives. After signing off with a farewell heil to the Fuhrer, Joyce fled with his wife to a small village on the border of Germany and Denmark. They hid there until May 28th, when Joyce was found and arrested by British intelligence officers who, get this, recognized his voice from the radio. He was handed over to British military police and then taken to London to stand trial on three counts of high treason. The question of jurisdiction loomed large in the case. Joyce did have a British passport, but he only got it by lying about his country of origin. 
Otherwise, he had only ever been an American or German citizen, and neither of those can be charged with treason against Great Britain. In the end, the jury decided that the passport was valid, but that Joyce couldn't be charged with treason for anything he did after it expired in 1940. That decision led to Joyce being acquitted on two of the three counts. However, the last count was for broadcasts he had made between 1939 and early 1940, when his passport was still valid. On that final count, Joyce was found guilty and sentenced to death on September 19, 1945. Joyce appealed the verdict but was dismissed by the House of Lords. On January 3, 1946, he was taken to Wandsworth Prison and hanged at 9 a.m. that morning. It was later reported that Joyce remained remorseless up to his death, but made no complaint about his execution. A formal notice of his death was posted outside the prison, where about 250 spectators had gathered. His body was shown to the jury that convicted him upon their request and was then buried in an unmarked grave on the prison grounds. Thirty years later, Joyce's daughter successfully petitioned to have his body exhumed and returned to his childhood home in Ireland. Even in death, there was still a question as to where William Joyce belonged. He was a natural-born citizen of the United States, raised in Ireland, educated in England, adopted by Germany. However, his identity was defined more by his commitment to fascist ideology than by any allegiance to a specific country or people. That blind devotion is what made Joyce such an effective propagandist, but it's ultimately what cost him his life as well. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can write to us directly at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.